We're back for the third part of our conversation with Packard Brown um, regarding bivocational ministry. My question for you, uh, at least to get this segment started, mm-hmm. um, you have expertise in this. You are an expert in this. This is the field you're working in right now is yes. around both bivocational clergy leadership and also innovative ministry leadership, which we're going to talk about in a separate mm-hmm. se- a set of mm-hmm. conversations. Um, in terms of bivocational leadership and in terms of the challenges that bivocational clergy face, what would you like to say to the denominational leadership, to the judicatorial leaders, that is a very difficult word to say, <laughs> um, around how they need to be thinking about this and how they need to support those clergy? Excellent question, Tom. And immediately my response would be to these leaders, be intentional about your connectivity with bivocational pastors. And by intentional, I mean uh, getting uh, different avenues of support, the re- supporting the relationship in place uh, to the tune of even, you know, scheduling regular meetings, sc- scheduling regular times of interface and exchange with these, with these folks. Uh, some of the leaders that I've uh, talked with over the last year or two kind of assume that if there's going to be a, an issue with their bivocational pastors, that the bivocational pastors will raise the, the, the red flag and say, we need some attention or so forth. And usually by then, it's almost too late in some instances. So what I recommend is regularly scheduled uh, visits or interactions with these folks that are out in the field. Uh, The other thing is to seek their input, certainly, about what is needed for them to be effective in their model of ministry. Is it, as best they can, financial support? Is it emotional support? Uh, Is it pulpit support? Something like that. Uh, But seek on a regular basis some input uh, from these folks. Uh, The other thing that I would uh, recommend is on occasion bring them all together as best you can uh, in some sort of plenary session where they can uh, commiserate and visit and chat with their other bivocational colleagues, like within a conference. Uh, one uh, synod that I'm uh, consulting with right now plan on doing a, uh, an on-site uh, gathering of all of the, the bivocational pastors within the synod, uh, just so they can provide some support, some education for them, but also giving them a chance to kind of meet and converse with one another. Another um, tool that I recommend they become familiar with uh, certainly is all of the communication tools that are available uh, through high tech. And I'm talking about Skype, Google Hangout, Zoom, whatever, in which these pastors are in far reaches of a conference or a synod. They can still remain connected. They can still remain part of it. And so it's that intentionality of setting up those systems Uh, those structures so that um, 
people don't necessarily fall through the cracks, but they can stay current with what's the livelihood of their of their body of bivocational pastors. Yeah, I, I've, uh, I have previously served myself um, as an elder in the Methodist Church in uh, small town Wyoming, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I served a two-point charge in two towns that were 75 miles apart, and it was very difficult to remain connected and to feel connected. Uh, perhaps mm-hmm. it's more about feeling connected mm-hmm. um, to the district and to the conference when you're out there. It just seems that that would be magnified significantly if you are um, in the pulpit halftime or mm-hmm. quarter time. Mm-hmm. Um, what those numbers really mean would be a whole different conversation, and that would yes. be about setting healthy boundaries and all that. We'll, yes. we'll talk about that in another conversation. Yeah. Um, but the, just the feeling of disconnect would be, I think, really substantial. So, so I appreciate the idea of being very intentional about well, that. Well, there's one other dynamic that uh, comes into play, and I should have mentioned this, is that many of these bivocational pastors feel self-conscious about asking for any, any sort of support or, because it, it reflects on basically a lot of them think, well, they're going to assume I can't handle the dynamics you know, or the challenges here. And so there's a reluctance and there's a hesitancy on the part of some of these dual career uh, pastors in approaching their denomination for support. And um, that is, that's kind of an inherent part of the struggle. It is. That, that I would I would add that that's an inherent part of the struggle for clergy. Period. Too mm-hmm. uh, that, um, and I've talked with a lot of clergy who are really hesitant to raise a red flag or bring in outside expertise because mm-hmm. they think that that as the clergy leader of a faith community, yes. they should be able to do all of that yes. and to mm-hmm. to have all of those answers. And that is, uh, <laughs> it's a really kind of an unhealthy approach to take, actually. Mm-hmm. But well, I, yeah, I really would like to come back together with you in the future. We have a number of other topics to cover, um, and so uh, we'll definitely have you back for more conversations. Be glad to come back. So, Enjoy it. Um, we've been talking with Packard Brown. Uh, again, PackardBrown.com. You can find information about what he does up there. And uh, this wraps up this series of conversations with him. We'll uh, see you all up at the resource website, resource.ilif.edu. Resource is an ILIF School of Theology program and is funded by ILIF and the Lilly Endowment. For more information, visit resource.ilif.edu.